Welcome to the Belmont Story Project. I'm Jeff Hansel, the Executive Director of the Belmont Media Center. And here with us today is a special guest. Well, they're all special guests on the Belmont Story Project. It's Sharice Zerounian. Do yes. I have that name right? First try, yes. Thank Good. you very much. Sharice, <laughs> uh, yes. tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I am a writer and a filmmaker from Belmont, Mass. I've lived here for most of my life. And I, um, as far as what I've done so far, I have made... Oh. Let, let, me, let me back up just okay. a little bit. So you've lived in Belmont for how many years would that be then? 20 years. 20 years. Yes. Did you go to school here in Belmont? I did. I went to, um, from kindergarten through ninth grade, I went to the Belmont Public Schools and I went later for the rest of high school to um, school in Waltham. So, okay. Yeah. Does your family still live here? Yeah, they do. My mom, my dad, my brother all live here, but mm -hmm. I also have family like all over Mass. And Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we move to your career, just because the Belmont Story Project is about memories of Belmont and, and people growing up, mm -hmm. um, what do you remember about Belmont growing up? Um, well, or mostly. What's your favorite memories? Oh, man. Um, hard to say? Yeah, it is hard to say. Probably stuff having to do with school. Like hanging out with my friends, we used to go to the center and like, um, I don't know, do crazy stuff in the stores and annoy oh, the people, okay. I don't know, things like that. It just crazy stuff, okay. No, not really crazy, <laughs> but um, it's just sort of, yeah, it's sort of hanging out with my friends, we sort of just, mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we go to Belmont Center to hang out, we would go on the, we go to the, the playgrounds near our old elementary schools, things like that, and we would go to each other's houses. And what uh, what school like did you go to? What yeah. elementary school? Yes, I went to Burbank. Burbank, okay, yeah. all right. So you see the changes that are coming to the schools here in town. Uh, the new high school that is being. Oh built yeah, there. that definitely. And I actually I work at um, as my my day job because film and writing at this point doesn't really mm -hmm. mean much right now. I work at um, Butler at oh, the you after do? school okay. program. Yeah. All right. So yeah. you're still part of the community. Of course, way. yeah. Okay. What do you like about working at, at Butler? Um, I love. I really love working with the kids. Mm -hmm. I think they're really. I, I think kids are really. They're really special, and they teach you something new every day mm -hmm. about how to new ways to see life and appreciate life. And some of the things I do there is a. Um, sometimes we'll do like writing or film related activities that oh, all do. lead, and a, and a lot of them are really interested in that. And I think it's cool to teach mm -hmm. them new stuff all the time and. I don't know, I just find it really rewarding. And what is it, why do you think you gravitated towards a career in film or writing or, or mm. that area? Well, it, it's funny, I, I had gone to college originally for elementary education. It's kind of funny how I kind of ended up back in that now a little bit. But um, I don't know, the education program where I went, I, it didn't seem to jive with me for a lot of reasons. And then I switched to linguistics briefly and then I think I had always wanted a career in writing and film but I guess I like denied myself the chance to do it I thought I listened to what like everybody says like ah that's not a viable career you live in Massachusetts you gotta move to New York or LA it's not but I thought you know what I'll probably do it because I had always loved to write mm -hmm. you know since I was a little kid mm -hmm. I would write stories and things like that oh you know what that brings you to another Belmont memory that I just okay, thought of great so when I think I was in like first grade and um, it, was, it was right after Thanksgiving, we all had to write about what we did for Thanksgiving. And I'd written about, I remember that year well because there was a blizzard that year in 2002. Uh -huh. Remember we got like, you know, 
30 inches of snow or whatever it was. I remember okay. that. And I talked about going sledding with my neighbors because that's what I had done. And then making stuffing with my dad or something. And I had written it. And my teacher calls me to her desk. And she's like, I want to talk to you. And I was the kind of kid who got in trouble like all the time. So I was like, uh-oh, is this about <laughs> like what happened the other day in the cafeteria? I was like, oh, no. Like, I'm in for it. And then I went up to her. And she's like, no, come over here. You're not in trouble. And I was like, you know, why do you want to talk to me if I'm not in trouble? And then she had my, whatever I had written in her hand, and she says, so we're going to go to the principal's office. And I'm like, oh, no, like, I'm in a lot of trouble now. Like, maybe mm -hmm. this is about what happened or whatever. But um, she's like, no, we're going to go to the principal's office because I want you, she says, this, this is so good that I want you to call your mother and so we can read it to her. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I remember being kind of surprised. I was like, okay, I didn't think it was particularly special or something but um, I read it and she evidently liked it and my mom evidently liked it and I don't know maybe that was what made me think like I could probably do this I see. so when somebody so else's kind of faith in you, you it's a yeah there's a lot of other stuff that inspires me too it's not just people it's um I think my creative process involves a lot of like music as mm. well and I listen to a lot of music are you a musician as well or no I'm not I do play okay. instruments but I don't write songs so okay yeah I see did you play music in school then? Uh, yeah, well, I used, to go to, I used to go to Powers Music School. Oh, you did? To okay. play piano, but I, just, I struggled with reading music. That was mm -hmm. my issue. I remember I used, to, um, I used to look at my teacher's hands when he or she would play the songs. They'd be like, stop looking at my hands. Look at your music. And I said with a straight face, I'm like, well, how am I going to know where to put them? And they were like, ugh. So <laughs> I, just, I just couldn't. It didn't work. So I... I um, I struggle with piano a lot, and so now I just I find playing by ear and, or looking at hands a lot easier, like when I look it's at a YouTube for, video or something. And it's more for your own pleasure anyway, right? It's sure. Yeah. I don't really like when I know like people are listening. I just freak out and I don't really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you you could say that you were sort of headed for a life of crime, right? Had you not gotten involved in filmmaking, right. according to all the trouble you got yeah, into. Yeah, I school. know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad that you didn't go there. I know. <laughs> yep. Well, who knows? We're still <laughs> <laughs> There's still time, yeah. right? <laughs> so tell us about your filmmaking and, and how you got into that and their first work. Um, you know, I primarily consider myself a writer. That's a writer, why I said okay. writer and filmmaker. And um, But I love, screenwriting is my favorite part of it. Dialogue is pretty much what I care about the mm -hmm. most. And all the other stuff like editing or cinematography stuff I had done because I had to. I realized that, you know, the Hollywood fairy wasn't going to tap me on the head. And, mm -hmm. you know, if I just submitted a script, I kind of had to get stuff done. And maybe that was the way to I get see. in front of the right person. And um, But, yeah, so what I've done so far is I have, I've written every film I've done. I made one, like, really little, little micro short mm -hmm. that I, you know, I should have I should have brought that in today for us to watch, mm -hmm. but oh well. Um, that was in a couple festivals. Mm -hmm. I made another film that's about 37 minutes long. It's called huh? Well Water, mm -hmm. and I made a feature film last summer. It's about an hour and six minutes long. It's called The Mouse and the Bread, and we're going to be watching a couple clips of that today. Oh, okay. Wow. And right now, I am making a TV pilot, which is based off a stage play that I wrote many years ago. So. What's the name of the stage play? One plus one is two is the name of the stage play. Has that been performed on stage or have you done rehearsals? No, I've had like I've done like readings done of a right. couple scenes, but you know, I've had a real heck of a time trying to get mm -hmm. people interested in it. I maybe I just don't have the right people right now to mm -hmm. 
get it there, or it's kind of a, now that I think of it, it would be kind of a difficult play to do because it requires a huge cast. I see. And okay. um, kind of long. And but you are making it into a film, or a TV series? Yeah, I think it would work better as a TV series. I'd always imagined it as a movie, the funny thing is, but I, I had started writing it when I was very, you know, like maybe 16, 17 oh. is when I started. It started like as a, a book, but I, the reason why I, I made a play is because I found the dialogue really easy to write, but I struggled so much with the, everything else, like that wraps around the dialogue, like the setting and things like that. I think I've definitely gotten better now, which is mm -hmm. why I write short stories, um, which is definitely another thing I do that I've gotten published. And, um, but well, I still find screenwriting easier than. So I'm, I'm just curious, um, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but you, you're a writer, so what, who, who's influenced you as a writer? Mm. Well, or what I... writing? What writers do you like? Well, we're talking about screenwriting. I think people like David Chase, who does The Sopranos. Okay. I certainly like the quality of his writing very much. Same with Aaron Sorkin. Mm -hmm. um, I also, as far as my filmmaking influence goes, Mouse and the Bread specifically, I was thinking of, um, you know, A Woman Under the Influence, John Cassavetes. Oh, really? Little bits of that in there. I'd watched a lot of Cassavetes in film really? school. So, that's, a, that's yeah. an interesting choice. What drew you to John Cassavetes then, now that we're talking about films and writing? I don't know. You know, the, the class that I had taken was, um, it was specifically on American independent film. And before going into that, before I'd switched into my film mm -hmm. major, I was, I think, like most people, I had like zero respect for indie. I was like, who wants mm -hmm. to watch that? Like, it's right. Hollywood is where it's at all right. the time. Da, da, da. But then I saw these films and I saw it. Cassavetes, I think he certainly probably did not have much money right. when he made some Never of his films. Yeah, no. And his films were, see, b before I watched his films and, um, I had never realized, I had always thought that a film was all about getting somewhere, you know, mm -hmm. point A, point B, point C. I thought I was only focused on the direction, the plot, where is this okay. going? But Cassavetti's films, and I think a lot of indie film directors, their films privilege being somewhere. Like they right. will explore an environment and what's going on in it, uh -huh. and it won't necessarily be focused on getting from this part of the story, this part of the story, getting to the end. It's focusing on what's going on right now. Or the character itself. Right. Character or itself, like, right? Exactly. And, I, and when I saw this, I was like, wow, I was really, I didn't know film could be like this. Uh -huh. And another thing, the fact that he didn't have much money also inspired me, and I was thinking, mm -hmm. oh, I don't have to wait. You know, right. I can just use right. what I've got. So that's what right. a lot of my, and the clips we're going to watch, I've got to warn any people watching at home, um, I did not have a ton of money, and it shows a little bit in the, in the sound, but uh, yeah. hopefully you can look past that. That's Most people can. That's how you learn to make movies. I know right. for myself, not that I've had a film career, but worked with Roger Corman, who taught a lot of people mm -hmm. how to make movies with no money and a lot of creativity and a lot of resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. So it's a similar thing, but that's interesting that, um, Maybe we'll start a John Cassavetes uh, Maybe. Yeah, um, that'd trend be cool. again. That'd be really but cool. what's your favorite John Cassavetes movie? Um Woman say? Under the Influence. I like I okay. also like I like Faces, Faces. too. Yeah. Did you ever see yeah. Shadows, the first one that he did? I did see Shadows. Okay. Yeah, That's I like that one a lot one too. Well. Yeah, yeah, Husbands as well. I haven't seen Opening Night. I've got mm -hmm. to, but I haven't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, well, I enjoy you're that. so you're independent. So it's no surprise that you're attracted to independent filmmakers. That's, that's right. I do like some Hollywood stuff too. So. How about writers? Any other writers? Oh, you mean like book writers? Uh, yeah. Or um, anything that anyone that. Yeah, I, I do write a lot of short stories. Mm -hmm. So naturally, I do read a lot of them. People like uh, Jhumpa Lahiri. People like T. C. Boyle. Okay. I've also um, 
I had recently finished a book by Tom Wolfe, Back to Blood, which I think maybe what, I, that might have been his last novel. I'm not oh, sure. Okay. All right. But um, things like that. What else? What else do I like to read? Uh, da, da, da. I've also, old, you know, stuff from the 19th and early 20th century. Okay. Anton Chekhov. I read. Um, How about you know. Theodore Dreiser? No. Okay, no. All right. <laughs> things just like that. Asking the, 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 the a film of his book. American Tragedy was just on, so that's why I was thinking about it. Oh, cool. It, anyway, um, getting off track. So uh, should we take a look at a clip from Mouse the Mouse and the Bread? Yes, we should. Do you want to give us a little background on, do you want to tell us anything about the movie itself, what it's about? Or? Right, yes. So the film is about, um, there's a bunch of stuff happens in the film, but it mainly focuses on one family. Mm -hmm. And um, basically it's an exploration of, hmm, I guess if I had to distill it into one sentence, it would be about people who go from accepting the way their lives are and accepting the eccentricities and the flaws and the things of people around them to not accepting those things mm -hmm. as the film goes on and realizing how unhappy they are with them. And there are maybe about four main relationships that people should concentrate on when watching it. There is um, a character that I play, Lily, who is an incredibly socially awkward um, teenage girl and she um, the relationship she has with the people around her you know her behavior at the beginning they all find it endearing no matter how nuts it is mm -hmm. and by the end they start to sort of she starts to sort of alienate them a little bit they're like oh this person is weird and then there's that there's also the relationship that Lily's parents have with each other mm -hmm. at the beginning they know their marriage is kind of not what it used to be mm -hmm. and um, they're content with it, they're not really fighting, they're kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And then towards the end, you start to see a lot more tension, and we're going to see a clip of that later on. Um, there's it sounds like you're describing a John Cassavetes movie. I know, way. right? Well, it was kind of... <laughs> and there's, um, there's a relationship that um, Lily has with her father, we're going to see a clip of okay. that later. He kind of, he, in the clip we're going to see, he's kind of admitting his feelings about fatherhood and how it was something that he never really his heart wasn't in it fully and um, you see the way she reacts to that mm -hmm. she's not really um, she doesn't really react to it with anger or anything mm -hmm. it's sort of like okay you know I accept it for what it is and then later on she kind of calls him out on it we're not gonna watch that part but mm -hmm. that does happen and what else oh and the relationship that um, Lily and there's Lily's cousin he's a very important character I think that's the final one the final relationship I was that we should be paying attention to, and his girlfriend, and he he basically treats her terribly, and in the beginning she's sort of like, oh, you know, he's always like this, she's kind of making excuses for it, and then then something happens between them in the story, and I'm not going to say what it is, you've got to watch okay. it, and um, once that happens, that unravels as well, and then she um, is not with him anymore by okay. the end, and she, and I should have brought this clip in too, okay. but it's, um, I'll just describe it in case anybody wants to watch it. It's she's backing out of the driveway, and then you see a clip of the traffic light that I had filmed, and it's mm -hmm. red, and then you see it turn green, and then you see, you know, the bridge that she's driving mm -hmm. on. So it's like she's getting permission to start her new life. That was one of my favorite uh -huh. parts to edit. And um, but yeah, so that's sounds like the ending of other f uh, a couple of other films. It reminds me of like the ending of a Castaway, actually, some sort of oh. figuring out which direction to go. It was funny, I haven't actually seen that, but graduate it's... Yeah, I know it is, yeah. yeah. Well, let's take a look at this first clip, mm -hmm. and then we'll come back and talk about it. Okay. Okay, so go ahead and roll it.
This traffic reminds me of that scene in Kate Oh, you mean the one where the guy's climbing out of the car roof because <laughs> yeah. of traffic? Uh, yeah. Oh, you know what? I think um, it's because today everybody's going to that, um, what's it called? The back to school night at the elementary. Oh, yeah. Jeez. What? I have to admit, I really didn't miss those days. What do you mean? how people would say, oh, it was so nice. It just... For example, I'd be at work and one of my co-workers would come up to me and say, oh, it's Halloween. I gotta go home. Gotta dress up. Gotta get the kids dressed up. And I'd be like, shut up. I mean, I wouldn't actually say that. It's just that... get home, gotta dress up the kids. It just felt so alien to me. I mean, who said that I really wanted to do that? I know that must have made me a bad person, but... But what? just watched a clip from uh, the feature film The Mouse and the Bread by Sharice uh, Zerunian, who's here as a guest on the Belmont Story Project. And uh, we're talking to her about her life and her film career. And let me just say um, what I like about that clip, even though this is not a film review show, is that you leave some space in there for the viewer to kind of fill in the emotions and fill in how you feel, mm -hmm. rather than tell them what they should be feeling. Is of that course. on purpose? Yeah, and I kind of wanted to, I, I kind of, the person who was filming, I kind of wanted them to get that little smile I do in there at the end, sort of to show like, oh, I'm not angry at you, mm -hmm. Dad. He was just looking so like, oh my gosh, what do I do? I think I want, it's supposed to be uncomfortable, but it's also mm -hmm. not supposed to be uncomfortable. I don't really know. And somebody asked me at a screening of it, like, what is the, why, what is the use of silence to do? for this film, like, well, you know, to create tension and also to, but in some scenes give a sense of peace. Mm -hmm. Because as I said, you know, a large part of the film is about feeling at mm -hmm. peace with something and then maybe deciding you don't. So I think that kind of represents that a little bit. And also I think films um, often can create different reactions in different people and that's fine because you take away from it what you put into it and what you're reflecting back. So yeah. it's not like, unless it's a, a roller coaster of a film where it tells you exactly what you should be feeling every yeah. second along the way. Yeah, which is what I don't want to do. But some people, people mostly like it. I mean, the technical stuff does put a, you know one or two people off. But oh man, it was like this one screening. I had to eviscerate this guy who showed up. <laughs> he was like, um, 
Well, you know, it, it was funny, and I'm going to say the same. It day. bothered him, in other words. Yeah, yeah. Okay. it did. And he, what did he, what did he say? He was saying something like, um, "Oh, I've seen films at youth film festivals that were more advanced than this." I was like, "All right, this dude is just." I had made it clear to him that I had like zero money when I made it, but he was, I don't know, he, he was just, you know, intent on arguing. Oh, what did he say? He said, um, it, it was very funny. He he. He had said at the beginning, oh, much of what we see in film is too homogenized. And then he sees this and he goes, oh, but a film shouldn't be like this. And I'm like, I see. Okay. you just said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want to see something different. When you see something different, you revolt. It doesn't, I don't know, just didn't compute Maybe, maybe it's fine to ignore that sort of uh, comment and yeah. just carry on with people yeah. who appreciate what you're doing. So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and that happens to a lot of people in, in the creative arts and mm -hmm. filmmaking. Um, how did you find your actor there? Facebook. Facebook okay. is a great resource. Um, for anybody who's thinking of doing this, you just go online, go mm -hmm. to any of the Boston actors groups or New England mm -hmm. actors groups and say, hi, I'm looking for people, mm -hmm. this demographic, this age, and you will get, I was, um, when I put out this casting call, I was about to fly to Florida, I think it was. I turned off my phone, as you're supposed to do, and then when I landed, I. You know, I always turn my phone on, you know, mm -hmm. to text my friends, let them know that I, I cheated death again, and I landed, and then I, I open it, and I get like a hundred notifications for people saying, I want to be in this, I want to be in this, ah, I'm like, what have I done? Yeah. And it was, um, casting, I think, is one of the most tedious yeah. parts, because what I did, I didn't, I don't have the facility to set up like an in-person mm -hmm. call, so I had to have, um, I had to have people send videos, and I had mm -hmm. to look through all of those, and it's just very messy, but I was, I'm very blessed okay. to have found the cast I found. They were great. Anything else you want to say about that scene? Um, not much about that. Okay. I mean, I think when people, when you've had a conversation like that mm -hmm. with a parent, um, most people would expect you to feel some kind of anger, because he's basically admitting that he just didn't really want to be a dad. And, uh. But the fact that she doesn't react to that with any sort of anger or anything, it's just, I feel like it's a little more complex. It's like, yeah. well, you know, I'll take you for who you are, even though I don't necessarily like it all the time. And I think um, that's going to lead me into us talking about um, how, how I can tie that into my life in Belmont and my moving mm -hmm. to Belmont, because that's, um, it might not seem like they're related, but they kind of are. Mm -hmm. Would you like me to talk about that? It's okay. up to you. It's your sure. So Go ahead. I, I think, um, and not just in this film, but other stories I've written, mm -hmm. short stories I've written, and my other film, Well Water, and actually the TV pilot I'm kind of doing now. One theme that seems to be prevalent among all these is um, unrest. You know, mm -hmm. people feeling unrest in the environments that they're in, right. or with the people they're around. And I think um, now that I, when I was thinking about how I could tie this into my life in Belmont, it kind of makes sense that my own transition to Belmont kind of fits with that because I moved here when I was three and I, um, not that I remember the move super well, but I was going to, I moved from Cambridge mm -hmm. and um, from the ages of three to five, I was going to an Armenian school in Watertown and um, I had like almost only Armenian friends and stuff. I was into that circle, but even then I kind of, had the feeling that something was like not quite right and I can't explain it. I don't know. You almost, I feel like with your own people, you almost feel like they might be judging you more harshly. Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of how I felt even at that young age. Like I kind of felt like I didn't always I fit in. And um, when I, but when I got to Belmont, my parent, I was supposed to have continued at that school. It's mm -hmm. pre-K through fifth. 
And um, I didn't because my parents got into a fight with the administration because my mom wanted me to, she wanted me to skip kindergarten and go to first grade because she thought academically I was ready and I was. I could read really well and stuff. But then the principal was like, yeah, we agree, but socially they're like, um, they're uh, like, you know, she's really crawling under the table every day and like pretending to be a dog. Like we don't think that's <laughs> mature enough to. Okay. I was just doing crazy stuff like that because I <laughs> maybe that's why I didn't fit in. But okay, they, um, all right. <laughs> but they, uh, okay. my parents were like, all right, I we don't like this, so they put me in Belmont Public, and you know, I think that was a great decision. My mom even looks back on it with hindsight and thinks, you know, maybe it was a good thing that you weren't allowed to skip because. Right. Right. It's good for you to become more social and stuff. But um, once I, I went to kindergarten at Burbank, I made new friends from all different backgrounds, mm -hmm. certainly. And um, they all came from different walks of life. And they all, I guess some of them even had the same sensibilities mm -hmm. that I did. We liked the same things and stuff. And I just felt infinitely more comfortable. And I think even today, now that I'm older, I do feel more comfortable almost in, um, I don't want, I hate to use the word American. I think we're all American. but in not our immediate environments. Right, it's very right, weird. to have a diverse. Yeah. I, and that's how I, I know coming from a primarily white middle class neighborhood. When I grew up, my kids were growing up in a hugely diverse, and it's great for them. I think mm -hmm. they're able to adapt and, and be with all kinds of people. Yeah, and, and I think culturally it's very yeah. different because it's much, Armenian culture is a little more old fashioned yeah. and stuff. And, you know, someone who. I don't really know how to describe it. I, I, I think I don't really fit with that too mm -hmm. well. I don't really, it's, it's not that, I, I do, I like yeah. all people and I, I like people mm -hmm. in my Armenian circle. Some of them like me, but it's just, I feel like this is where I really belong. Okay. And that's why some of my um, mouse in the bread, it's funny that focused on, and that family is supposed to be Armenian American, okay. but if you watch the whole thing, there's like basically no stereotypes, none of the, okay. no real have heavy emphasis on it. It's not that I want to whitewash, but the problem is, when we look at certain things in the media, of um, whether it be a film or a television show, or actually even in literature too, whenever something focuses on a non-dominant culture, mm -hmm. there's a lot of just heavy, like all these hacky stereotypes and things yeah, like yeah. that, and I, all those tropes. Yeah. And so this, I kind of wanted to stay away from that a bit and show, like, this is me, this is who I am, and I'm not my right. ethnicity 24 hours a day. Though I have, I have written some short stories that satirize mm -hmm. the use of tropes like um so, so you're really saying so, you're not one yeah. always speaking from whatever point of view you're coming from is just speaking as a human being and, yeah okay and i mean i you, do yeah do you want to take a quick look at the uh well it's actually a short clip yes the second clip of mouse and i do okay. and i'm gonna say what that is this okay. is the um between the the mother and the father of Lily, mm -hmm. and this is way long after. Okay. Like I said in the beginning, they are content with their, you know, their lackluster marriage, and they're okay with mm -hmm. it. And at this point, they're not, and we're definitely going to see that now. So. Okay, so let's run the second clip from the mouse and the bread then. Can you move to that side a little? Well, this is as far as I can go. Well, you're almost on top of me. See? Now I'm hanging off. Nothing. Here, let me, uh... All right, no, let me see, just... now you're too close. This is too close? I'm on an island over here. So am I. I'm all let by me. myself. Yeah, me too. No, I think we can... No, it's... 
nothing we can do. It isn't working. That was a second clip from The Mouse and the Bread that we've been watching. And um, with we're here with Sharice Zarunian on the Belmont Story Project. And um, I think what I'm going to, uh, because this is your first time doing this, um, we're going to ask you to come back again. And uh, because you've said you had some other clips, so maybe we can do that. Sure. And do another edition. Yeah, Would that be all right? Yes. And talk more. Anything yes. else you'd like to? Can, can how can we see the film Mouse and the Bread? You can see it on Amazon Prime. Just search the Mouse and the Bread. Say and that again. I'm sorry. Where? Amazon Prime. Amazon. Okay. Amazon Prime. And okay. you will search it up, and you will see the Mouse and the Bread. And wow. Yes. There's also a Facebook page for it. Okay. And yeah, if you ever want to. The Facebook page has like clips and any mm -hmm. little you know articles and stuff that have been written about it, and you can okay. check those out. Well, uh, we'll have you back again for another a second part. Cool. Of your life in Belmont as okay. uh, a child and as a filmmaker. All right. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me.